This is your host, Seth Essenson with NDFB Straight Talk. I am joined by a very esteemed guest today and Mr. Darren Hefty of Hefty Brothers. Um, formerly, do you go as, as Hefty Seed? Is that is that correct, Darren? Yeah, our business is Hefty Seed Company, and uh, Brian and I a lot of times get called the Hefty Brothers or the Hefty Boys. And uh-huh. I know we were joking one time. We're like, dang, we're both we're both 50 now and are we still going to get called the boys? But I guess we are. And yeah, you, know, you look at the average age of the farmer, we're still young guys in, the, in this industry. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. 50 is still young. I think here in the state of North Dakota, we're still up over that, that 60 years of age. I believe 63 is the average age. So yeah, you guys are, you guys are, you should be happy to be boys for another 13 years or so. <laughs> but well, thank it's, you. It's in- yeah, it's interesting, you know, and I, and I'm glad to be here. So thanks for asking me. I really appreciate it. It's interesting you mentioned that as the average age of the farmer being older, it does bring a lot of different issues up. And uh, I guess I'm not here to talk politics today, but there's a lot of issues politically speaking about uh, passing that farm on to the next generation. And we kind of approach it from a little different angle with what we're doing with Hefty Seed Company and also with the Ag PhD program that Brian and I have been doing for nearly 30 years now, we're trying to approach it from a standpoint of we want farmers to be able to be in control of as much of their operation as possible and just understand what's happening so they can make the best decisions for their operation that they possibly can. And a lot of this revolves around, hey, if I make good decisions, then I can bring that next generation on the farm. And if you don't have a huge land base or you don't have a huge amount of livestock, that's okay. Let's do better with what we have. And if we do, then it's a profitable situation where we can bring back multiple family members or friends or whoever else you want to be involved with on the farm. Wow. That's uh, that's incredible, Darren. Thank you so much for for providing that, just speaking to the brand that uh, Hefty Seed Company has been able to establish and through specifically discussing some of those issues beyond product offering, issues that we're, we're hoping to highlight innovators, specifically the areas of science, technology, education, and management. I think you guys hit a lot of those fronts. You just hit two of them on the education side and on the farm management side. So can you tell me a little bit about this this program that you guys are offering and how it might help producers bridge that gap, whether they are, like you said, in operation agriculturally that isn't holding a lot of acreage potentially in an operation that doesn't have a lot of cows, but just want to look at different ways, whether it's issues of diversification or improving profitability through the use of some of the products that you may offer, how, do, how does that education fit into who you guys are as a brand and Hefty Seed Company? You know, when we got started in the business and my dad talked to Brian and me, he said, hey, it's great. You guys made it through college. That's a, You're learning how to learn. And now it's time that the learning really begins when you get out into this environment and start working in agronomy and working with all the issues that you're going to have to deal with on the farm. And for Brian and me, the amount of information at that time was already just overwhelming. There's there's so many products and sectors of the industry that are pulling you one way or the other because they all look at farmers as, well, here's a, here's a farmer and he's got all this income and he's going to spend it. Is he going to buy a tractor? Is he going to buy new land? Is he going to buy more fertilizer? Is he going to buy a premium seed product? Is he going to treat those acres with the sprayer three times, four times, maybe just once? What What is he going to spend his money on? So everybody's buying for the farmer's dollar. And 
what Brandon and I decided to do is we want to make this simple. We want to try to gather all this complex information, integrate it, and put it into a plan that a farmer can just look at and say, okay, here's how I determine where my next dollar gets spent or where my next hour of work on the farm gets spent. And we're not trying, don't get me wrong, Seth, we're not trying to tell anybody what they need to do. We just want to present the information so that farmers can make the best decision possible because we know how farming is. You're super busy all the time with so many things. And sure, farmers can get a little free time here and there too, but wow, it's it's tough to know what to do next because there's so many things to do on the farm all the time. So we're trying to sort this information out. So let's just start with uh, the soil and dealing with the ground that farmers are either trying to raise crops on that they're going to sell for money or raise to have very nutritious feed for their livestock. Either way, we want to talk about, hey, let's look at soil testing. How can we tell what's in the soil and know how to influence that? Because you test any soil out there, there's no perfect soil. All of them need some sort of management to get more out of them. Maybe they need more phosphorus. Maybe they need more micronutrients. Maybe they need more nitrogen. I don't know what it's going to be if we don't test. So we like to get numbers and data, and that really helps us make good decisions, and that's where it all starts from. So can you tell me a little bit of the history? I know you've mentioned a brother. I know you've uh, mentioned dad. Can you tell me a little bit of the history? We've we've started at the front end, what you guys are doing today to to not only help farmers and ranchers um, educate themselves and provide them with the objective data necessary to um, to be successful regardless of size of operation how did that how did that all start and and if we could work our way forward into into the hefty brothers you're still uh you're still the hefty boys for for another 13 years we've decided um how did that get built my dad started our business back in 1969 and he grew up in north central iowa married my mom in 67 and my mom's family was going to retire and offered my dad and my mom the chance to buy their farm in South Dakota, which is how we ended up where we are. And Mm -hmm. when dad came here in 1969, there were only three ag chemicals that he was using. And so he went to a local supplier. They, They only had one of them on hand, hadn't even heard of the other two. And dad quickly decided, wow, I guess I might be the expert in this area. And so he went back home to Iowa, picked up what he needed, and a lot of my mom's relatives uh, were, were right around dad, and, and he had asked a lot of them to, to help him get started here as he wasn't super familiar with this area compared to north central Iowa. And so he was always talking with, with relatives and neighbors about what the best practices were and so forth. Well, when they saw what he was doing from a weed control standpoint, it was superior to what they were doing because they hadn't had access to those tools before. And so all of a sudden it was, well, hey, Ron, why don't you run back to Iowa and grab us some of those things, too? And Dad said, man, after about the third trip back to Iowa to get supplies for everybody else, I thought, I might just have a business here. And (laughs) so he started the business in 1969, and uh, it's just grown from there. When we were growing up, uh, we had a lot of lessons along the way because Dad was a farmer and a businessman. And... He just told us at that point, when we were kids and, and we were the guys uh, helping him on the farm, he said, look, guys, you're doing all these, let's call them $5 an hour jobs, painting the fence and scooping manure and walking the bean fields. 
so I could do the $100 an hour jobs, making the decisions that actually make our farm money. And we thought that was great at the time that, wow, maybe someday we'll get to do the $100 an hour jobs. So now in, in today's agriculture, it's not just $100 an hour jobs anymore. It's several hundred dollars an hour mm-hmm. if you can do the key management things on the farm yourself. And so that's kind of how dad built the, the business. He wanted to treat other farmers the way he wanted to be treated. And he wasn't a very big farmer at the time. I think he was farming a few hundred acres is all. So we never had a, a target on the back of a big farmer versus a small farmer. We, we didn't really care what the size of the farm was. We just wanted to help farmers that wanted to do things themselves. As I glance at your website, the top keys on, on the, the, the options are soybeans, corn, hefty complete, naturals, chemical, and, and locations. So you guys have obviously numerous locations. How does the structure of Hefty Seed Company help you guys um, provide the solutions just like your dad did starting in 1969? There was there was a problem that he had. He had the solution to it. Uh, he went back to Iowa, found that solution, and found that through his good business dealings and his, his good business sense that, that he had a uh, solution to the problems that his, his neighbors were having as, as well. So how, how have you guys uh, structured Hefty Seed Company um, since that point to allow yourself to continue to do that same thing? Well, you hit on a key there. Our, we were really blessed. Our dad had a good business sense. And both his dad and my mom's dad had made it through the Depression. And dad made it through the 1980s, which uh, mm-hmm. was when Brian and I were growing up. And Honestly, we thought the only word my dad knew was no, because anything we ever asked for, the answer was no. Well, we didn't realize we just simply couldn't afford it. He was doing everything he could just to to stay uh, afloat Mm -hmm. uh, with the way the farm economy was at that time. But what dad saw in his vision was that farmers just need the information in a non-biased way, because all these suppliers that are vying for the farmer's dollar, well, they always have the best. Their product's always fantastic. And it's hard to right. sort through when everybody says, well, ours is the best and, and it's always going to be the best. Well, no, it isn't. We want to hear both sides of it. Okay, it may be the best in the heavy flat ground, but it's not the best in the hilly lighter ground. And we just wanted to provide that non-biased information for farmers. So when Brian and I got involved with our, our business back in the 1990s, that was really one of the first things that, that between dad and Brian and me, we decided, okay, look, we're, we're all lifelong learners. We're all excited to, to do the research and to do the studies and to, to read up on everything we can. But let's, let's put that information in a form that farmers can use and give them the good and the bad of all these things. Because I don't care what you're talking about, even if it's a, a tillage practice. Some will say, well, no-till is the greatest ever. Others will say, no, no, you have to do deep tillage, that would be better. Well, there are some cases where deep tillage works very well, and there's others where no-till would be a much better solution. We don't really care what the solution is. We just want to try and provide the information to farmers. And when it comes to uh, crop protection products, that's something that that was kind of where my dad started because, uh, like I said, back in the late 1960s, there weren't many choices, and they weren't even available in a lot of areas like South Dakota. So that was something that that was really important for him, that he wanted to make sure people had access to those things. That's incredible. 
Do you think that that's something that sets Hefty Seed Company apart from others is is just providing that quantifiable statistic analysis of of what's working and what's not based upon um, whether it be soil conditions, practices? Is is that what sets Hefty Seed Company apart and has been able to establish that that brand association of of quality and and, and second to none because Obviously, you guys have have been able to do that. Do you think that that's part of what sets you apart, Naren? Well, I think it's part of it, Seth. And and I look at how my dad brought us up, and and he always taught Brian and me. Look, it's not about us making money; it's only about the farmer making money. And if you're doing business with farmers, you want to make sure that they're profitable. So don't ever recommend anything you wouldn't do yourself. Don't don't ever recommend the extra pint or the extra quart that is only going to profit you. You want to do what's going to profit that farmer the best and advise them uh, in, in the right way. And what's going to happen long term is that farm operation is going to grow. And if you're still the supplier of choice for that farm, as they're growing, your business grows. And you didn't have to even go out and find a new customer to do that. And then when that farmer's happy, he's going to spread the word to his neighbor or his friend or his relative, and all of a sudden you pick up a new customer that way just through word of mouth. So that was that was always Dad's goal. He just wanted to do right by everybody that he did business with. That's a that's a great way to to grow a business along with providing um, that information to to try to be able to make decisions. And obviously, it has suited um, Hefty Seed Company very well. What advice would you have, Darren, for that producer who was thinking about beginning to slow down and and make a transition, perhaps it's to a a son or daughter directly, perhaps it's to an in-law, as it was in the case of your dad, Um, perhaps it's to um, somebody that's totally unrelated to them. Um, If you could, what advice would you provide to to them? And then for the up-and-coming producer who is going to transition into that operation, what what advice would you would you give them as well, and what what tool specifically does Hefty Seed have um, available for them to try to find those solutions and practices that that will work best for them? You know, the farm transition is always a challenge, and one of the transitions I, I would say that we probably speak to as well as any is who's going to be the decision maker, and there's so often it's so often that. We talk to farmers, even in their 50s, that say, well, I don't know, I'm still going to have to talk to mom or dad about that decision, who are in their 80s and still holding the checkbook and holding uh, all, all the power in the decision making. And my dad saw this from an early age with his dad, where, where some of that decision making got passed down sooner. And he saw that that was really important. And I know with Brian and me, uh, we got a lot of decision-making power at a pretty early age, and he gave us responsibilities when he still had, in his words, he still had time to step in if we screwed it up <laughs> and try and fix things. And I, I think that people want to hold on to that power and that decision-making too long. And if you've got somebody coming up that, that you're mentoring and, and training on how to do stuff, you've got to turn the reins over at least in different parts of the operation sooner. With our family too, and this is another question we get a lot, how do you all work together? And, and my dad passed away now a couple of years ago, but 
uh, when we first got into the business and Brian and I were, were going to be working with dad hand in hand, he said, look, we, we all need to have part of the business that, that we're making decisions in. That way we each have something that's kind of our own so we aren't all stepping on each other's toes. And yeah, we each, we each found a different aspect of the farm and the business where, where we could be making decisions. And that was really important for us that way, uh, that way we weren't fighting and we, we always got along on the big things. And yeah, there are certainly some issues we'd have to have a little debate on, but mm-hmm. it, it was good and a good way for, for each of us to learn and feel important too. Oh, okay. So for that young producer who does have the opportunity, even if he is uh, a little bit, you know, old, perhaps older than he than he'd like to be, um, as he's as he's dipping his toes into the water and whomever is transitioning that that responsibility over to them, what what advice would you have for for that 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 up and coming new new producer? Well, when when you're young, uh, there's there's one thing and there's a reason why uh, the age of farmers is as old as it is. It's because there's so much capital needed to mm-hmm. accumulate equipment, to accumulate land, to accumulate mm-hmm. a livestock herd. And so for, for young folks getting in, however young young is, whether it's 15 or whether it's 45 or, or whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, you aren't going to be bringing a ton of capital in most likely. So what you can bring is enthusiasm, excitement, uh, a work ethic. And just the ability to to learn some things and bring in some new ideas and, and techniques to the farm. So for for my dad, he felt it was really important. Brian and I got a good education off the farm, and we could learn more about business and maybe pick up some things that way, and also learn more about agronomy. My dad was really strong with equipment and actually uh, accomplishing a lot of the things in the field. But he felt like his agronomy knowledge could have been even stronger. And so that was something for Brian and me, just learning how each of our crops grows and develops and the best ways to to get the nutrients into the plant and to protect that plant through the season. And so that's that's kind of some of the things that we brought to the table. And also the one thing that that Dad, uh, it turned out to be a little bit of a weakness is growing up in north central Iowa, tillage and rainfall were the answers for a lot of things. Oh, there's a problem in the field. Well, let's do some more tillage. And, oh, yeah, if we mess up on something, maybe we'll catch an inch of rain and things will be better. Well, we didn't have that luxury in South Dakota. And so reducing our tillage was one of the things that that Brian and I had brought, an idea that we had brought to the farm that that turned out to be a good thing for us. North Dakota Farm Bureau surveyed um, businesses that employed somewhere between five and, and 50 employees. And, and I won't ask you specifically how many employees you have, but as I look at the website, you guys are located in, oh man, it must be numerous states. Is it, is it over, is it over 10 states, Darren? Yeah, we, we are in over 10 states now. We do have about 50 retail locations. And mm-hmm. one of the things that that's allowed our business to do is our buying power has gotten to be pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for farmers, one of the things that Dad always thought was important, and Brian and I share this thought, is we, we want farmers to be able to choose from any ag chemical manufacturer. So maybe they like a bear for their post-emerge products, but they like Syngenta for their pre-emerge products. and And oftentimes... Smaller dealers are forced to choose one or the other and mm-hmm. just carry one line mm-hmm. in order to, to get a decent buy on the products. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to, to get our size up where we're maxing out the programs with all the companies. So 
for right. our farmer customers, they'd be able to choose, you know, one product from one company, one from another, and and not have to pay any penalty for that. So that that was a big deal. And mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's important to us for each of these small communities that we're in. We want to employ local people. We want to impact the local economies there as much as we can because that's where most of the dollars are going to stay. And when we've got those local people, we find they care so much more about what's happening in the local community and on those local farms, knowing the soil types and, and the farm operations for for generations. It's it's really a good deal. That's really well put, Darren. The, the biggest issue that most of our farmer and rancher members that, that were surveyed that, that fell into that, that five to 50 employees, um, the biggest issue that I think, oh man, it was upwards of 90, 95% of the companies had were, were worth employees. And, and that, that's no doubt an, an agricultural issue, whether it be in the, on the farm, um, finding, you know, uh, employees, good employees, employees that you can afford, trying to, trying to figure that out as well as uh, agribusiness um, and, and business in general. What, what advice would you have to, to those producers agriculturally, whether you're conventional farming uh, and or ranching, what advice would you have for, for our young listeners um, as far as what it takes to, to be a good employer and, and successfully build a staff? That is the biggest challenge in our industry, and the the other side of that too, there are just less people in these smaller towns. There are less kids growing up on farms, and so it makes it it makes it really tough. Uh, I, I think we want to try to keep the people in our communities that we can, and we want to find opportunities for that. And it starts by identifying those people at a pretty young age. When we think about agriculture. We find kids that are 12 and 13 years old that are really passionate about farming and really enjoy it. And in a local community, if you see, wow, uh, their family doesn't have many acres or they aren't going to have much opportunity there, uh, others just need to step in and do what you can to keep those people in the community. Because whether they become the ag banker or the farm insurance salesperson, the local agronomist or, or a, a farm help for uh, uh, for another operation, mm-hmm. it's just critical those people stay local. So uh, you aren't mm-hmm. going to find somebody from Fargo and get them to move out to the, the center mm-hmm. part of the state in a small town. You just It just doesn't happen because they don't have that passion for agriculture. So, yeah, catching those kids young, getting involved with FFA, getting involved with 4-H and some of the other programs, uh, Farm Bureau, Young Farmers, those types of programs are so important and critical. That's great. That's great. Can't tell you how much I appreciated this conversation. Um, the, the the time you were able to afford us, Darren, because of, of obviously, as we, we talked about earlier, um, been able to establish a brand. And, and I think that's one thing that, that hasn't changed here in the United States. If you were able to establish that brand through good business practices, providing information, providing service, you were you were going to be successful and certainly that is is what you guys have been um can't thank you enough again for your time where can our listeners find more information at hefty seed company well thanks seth uh, agphd.com is our website for for all things with agphd tv and radio and a lot of the events that we put on like the agphd field day coming up thursday july 29th 
that we'd love to see everybody come to. Um, also, heftyseed.com has got some information about our, our business as well. Thanks again so much. This has been another episode of Straight Talk uh, with our guest, Darren Hefty from Hefty Seed Company. Thank you for joining and listening. <laughs>